Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. This is a 25-year look across the spectrum. I am one of your co-hosts, Kelly Birmingham. I am a board-certified behavior analyst working in the field for over 25 years. And um, I'm here with my partner in crime, Jen Lucero, mother to Dylan and Ethan. Hi, Jen. Hi, Kelly. Hi, everybody. Good morning. So we are wrapping up our month on um, National Bullying Month. October was National Bullying Month. And um, last podcast, we heard from an expert on the matter who talked some real numbers and statistics. Um, with nearly over 50% of children with autism being bullied at some point in their life. And so today we have some special guests that are going to talk real numbers in real situations. Go ahead, Jen. You want to introduce our guests? Yes, I have um, two very special people in my life that uh, we've known each other a long time now. <laughs> um, Mr. Thomas Selby, excuse me, and Beth Selby. Um, we met um, during a journey together with Autism Speaks. Um, Beth was my advocacy chair for all of Southern California, as well as um, my walk chair for San Diego. And Thomas, I met when he was a teenager, and um, he has like grown in so many ways. Like since I've met you, you've become a huge public speaker. You are a global messenger. You've been international presence for Special Olympics. You've done a ton for Autism Speaks, and you've been working several years now with Goodwill, and I, I can't be more proud of you. I feel like uh, you're kind of like my, um, you know, third son on the sidelines <laughs> and good friend, so I appreciate both of you being here to share your experience with us. Rockstar, Thomas. <laughs> Thomas, Thanks. do you want to just share for our audience a little bit about um, your age, um, your, a little bit about your story, and, and your mom, Beth, can join in too? All right. Well, my name is Thomas Selby, and I am 28 years old, unbelievably. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, part of my uh, um, background was... Uh, um, Back when I was, uh, uh, about until I was four and a half, I was nonverbal, and I had a lot of a lot of attitude problems, and gave my parents a lot of sleepless nights. <laughs> it was, it was, it was just a crazy, crazy start. Uh, very rocky, and I had to go through speech therapy all through high school and. I ended up graduating with my diploma in 2011. Wow. And not long after that, about probably about five years after that, I started looking for a job and I've been with Goodwill for uh, five years now, almost six years now. And it's, uh, my, my adventure is basically just getting started. <laughs> awesome. And you work full time. Mm -hmm. Full time. Five, Five days a week, uh, 40, hour, 40 hours a week. That's fantastic. So proud of you. I would like to add to his goodwill story in that um, a couple years ago, they said that there was a, a, a cashier position that was going to open. And so they wanted him to apply for it. 
And he said, mom, I don't know if I can, if I can do this. And I said, if you couldn't do it, they wouldn't ask you to do it. He applied for it and got it. And that's when he went full time. So they, they have been very supportive um, for, of him and I'm proud. Nice. His dad and I are so proud of him. That's awesome. And yeah. Thomas, do you remember your early childhood? Do you remember um, when you say you had an attitude problem? Um, do you remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, according to my parents, uh, I would figure figuratively, well, well, this part, literally, I would climb on top of the file cabinets, literally, and figuratively, uh, how do we put them on? Crow like a rooster or yeah. shoot, shoot my mouth off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was in that was in kindergarten and first grade. And he picked up a few very colorful words that we didn't at that time speak. <laughs> we didn't really speak in our house. Yes. And, uh, but he was, in, he was in a special day class. And, and that was, we'd get the reports every day that that's what he was doing. Thomas, do you think, um, I know for Dylan, um, he also was nonverbal for a long time and um, he was like you and still actually he's still in speech therapy. Um, I found when you were saying that, you know, you gave your parents a hard time and you're doing all this. Do you think a lot of that was because um, you were having trouble communicating verbally and so it built up frustration for you? Uh, at times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at times. Oh, we did. We did too, because he couldn't let us know what he needed or wanted. Yeah. Well, this is um, for anyone who wants to hear more about your story. We have a separate podcast about the two of you and your journey and working. And so I'll link that into this podcast. Um, today, um, we're going to talk about bullying and Thomas, I know that you experienced quite a bit of bullying um, and you are able to express how that happened to us. So for our listeners, I know um, not all kids can communicate their experiences. And so, you know, the, having the opportunity to have you talk about it is incredible for our audience. And um, I thank you for sharing memories with us that might be painful and difficult um, and Thomas and Beth, um, either of you, if you want to start talking about around what age the bullying started and what the bullying looked like. I can start off a little bit on that. Um, it, it's funny because it started off when he was in preschool at, at the church that we were going to at the time they had a preschool and my husband was working there. So we got, he got to go in the preschool and, um, uh, he still couldn't talk. And so in order to get the kids to pay attention to him or to ask them to play, he didn't know how to say the words. So he would push them ah. or, you know, and it, because he, he was trying to communicate something that he wanted and, you know, he just wanted to play, but it came out kind of rough because he yeah. pushed them and he was taller. So at one point when he was very small, when he couldn't talk, 
you know, he, he was the one that was kind of doing the bullying and we were, we were, we we're starting to work with him on that. Um, and that phase passed when after a few months in the preschool, we took him out and put him in private home daycare so that he wouldn't get asked to leave the preschool. That is so common. I have heard that that scenario, Jen, you two over mm-hmm. and over again. Yeah, for sure. Thomas, do you remember that? That was a long time ago. Uh, vaguely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then, all right. So <clears throat> then you learned how to communicate and stopped pushing kids mm-hmm. in an effort to try to communicate. Um, so you went from being kind of a bully, not intentional, not meaning to, but kind of bully learning new skills. Then what happened next on your journey? Well, um, when did hmm. you start to feel bullied? Well, um, hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to hop into the time machine in here. (laughs) Um, I think, excuse me. Um, I think it was probably junior high, I think. Okay. I, I think. I, I'm trying to remember as best I can. It was uh okay. um yeah, I I think it was junior I think it was junior high. Uh-huh. Um yeah, it was people were just uh like making fun of me, like uh um about all the stuff I like and uh um making fun of my name and uh um uh, and just not letting me do a lot of of stuff with them and kind of um leaving me hanging out to dry Um, so to speak awful i do remember go ahead jen at that point were you in um, a mainstream classroom uh, or were you still in a special day class do you remember um if i remember correctly i think i may have still been in special and i think mm-hmm. but mainstreamed for for some classes mm-hmm. oh. yeah 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 and he had he had um for, for i like to do things a certain way Right. Yeah. And for homeroom, he was in, he was in special ed. Mm -hmm. And, but then for, for a couple of his classes during the day, he was, he was mainstreamed. And then he had what, what I used to call study hall at the end of the day, you know, Mm -hmm. where he could, you know, he was in the, he was in the, in the, like a, kind of like a special day Mm -hmm. still. I do remember some, some incidents, um, Tom may not remember these in junior high, or not junior high, but in elementary school, um, around uh, third, fourth grade. And um, I remembered a few incidents where we'd get a report home saying, hey, you know, this happened and uh, that somebody said something to him. And um, I didn't, I didn't notice it as, we didn't notice it as much in elementary school. But um, Tom, do you have anything else to say before I tell my junior high story? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just that uh, it was, uh, it was, it was really hard. Uh, 
it was really hard having to having to deal with that because because I didn't I honestly didn't know what the best way to uh, handle it or um or exactly what to do. I was I just I was not prepared, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That's that's just it. I I just wasn't prepared. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember about. <clears throat> weeks into the first year of, of junior high I got a call from the vice principal saying we need to meet about Thomas he's having issues during lunch mm-hmm. okay so I go to the meeting and the vice principal's in there and she said Tom is lashing out at there's you know verbal verbal fighting going on with with a certain group of boys at lunchtime and so I said, well, this is the first we've heard of it. She said she told him to, I, I think you probably remember Tom going into her office so that she was kind of protecting him from this group. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, why didn't we, how long has this been going on? And she said, since the beginning of the school year. I said, well, why are we just finding out about it now six weeks in? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, and she couldn't have an answer. And just about that time, Tom's homeroom teacher came into the office. And I didn't know she was going to be there. And she kind of read the riot act to the vice principal. Oh. Because the vice principal didn't see all of what was going on during lunch. All she saw was the end Mm -hmm. results when the voices got raised and, you know, and they were really starting to, to make more fun of him. And there was a couple other kids that in, in Tom's group that were involved that were being bullied like, like that too. It was, I think it was mostly verbal. And so they was, only saw Thomas right. acting out. They didn't see what was causing Thomas to become upset. Right. Ah, that's right. so common. Right. Because so whole- kids kids are kids can be really good at keeping under the radar right and being very subtle and then people only see um when it's escalated in the people that are now angry yeah okay yeah and that's what was going on so the homeroom teacher had had seen it also she had seen and so she told the vice principal she said this is not an isolated incident this is happening all over campus you need to have an assembly on bullying and you, you need to talk to these students because somebody's going to get hurt real soon. And so she did and the bullying stopped as far as I know, maybe there was a little but 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 it pretty much stopped. And I, there were isolated incidents after that. And then my concern was when he went to high school, you know, was this going to keep on? And there were a couple incidents there there is one, there is one, not really bullying, but one of the teachers there, we went to parent teacher conference and Tom was having trouble in the class. And he said, well, and people were his, the other students were kind of bullying him and saying, oh, well, you know, you need to do this and this and this. And they were telling him the wrong things to do. And so we asked the teacher, he said, well, he needs help. And the teacher said, well, he needs to ask for help. I said, he has, he's not getting it. Well, he needs to know what help he needs. What is he having issues with? I said, the work that you're doing, well, he needs to be more specific. Well, if he was more specific, he could probably do the work that he needs to do. So it was just, even from a teacher, 
wow. that was that was happening and I couldn't believe it um wow. but I had heard some some other parents complaining about that same teacher so he oh. ended up having to take the class again in his senior year because the class was so full of seniors that were trying to <laughs> he tried every year to get that class so wow but, so can't let's go back to yeah. the middle school for a second um so the school did have an assembly mm-hmm. where they talked about not bullying, correct? Yes, yes. Thomas, were you at that assembly and do you remember that assembly? Uh, <coughs> um, <coughs> sorry. Uh, that, was, that was like several years ago. I yeah. probably may have been. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I probably was. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, that was like several years, several years ago. For sure. Um, I just think that, um, you know, uh, a lot of schools don't do assemblies like that and the, that you had to advocate and order and thank goodness you had a teacher aligned with you who could tell the truth. And yeah. I know that our, our last podcast on bullying, um, I'm actually a board member of a group called Kind and Safe Schools that goes around and gives assemblies. But what they try to do, and I was curious, Beth and Thomas, about your experience, is what we try to do with that is not only talk about ways bullying happens, but we talk about the strengths and abilities of mm-hmm. folks. Um, and so we talk about the strengths and abilities and training other students to be um, bystander allies, right? Um, Being allies. And so um, Thomas, how did, I'd be surprised if the assembly alone changed things at that school and maybe Thomas and Beth, you know, but how did the kids stop picking on you and teasing you? Did they just stop because of the assembly or were other steps taken? Um, Oh, I remember. It, it was actually this thing called peer me- mediation. Ah, that's what, yeah, that's what, that's what okay. it was. It was called peer mediation. Basically, um, <clears throat> um, two, um, older students would, uh, get together with, uh, those who were involved. They, we'd discuss it. And then, um, uh, it was like, uh, uh, talk about ways to uh, prevent it from happening, happening, happening again, and then uh, we like sign a paper saying, "Okay, we've discussed it. We're we've worked on the situation on the on a solution, and now we're we're putting it uh, in motion." Wow, that's so, great. Yeah, it was, I love that. Yeah, um, I think it, I think it was like maybe probably like maybe 15 to 20 minute talk. Uh, usually it does like sometime after maybe lunchtime because then there's not as not as much uh, noise uh, so that everyone can can hear what uh, what each what what everyone is each is saying. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, that that kind of thing really uh, uh, that kind of thing just really took off. That's very cool. Something dawned on me when we were talking about the assembly and Kelly, I think you'll remember this because I think you helped this. Um, Cause you know, Dylan 
is a little older as well, but you guys are, I feel like you guys are kind of like the pioneers, like, you know, the, the world's very different now for mm -hmm. people um, on the spectrum um, and awareness, but you know, you're 28, you know, and Dawn's turning 22. So it's kind of a wave of, you know, a lot of people not being aware of um, autism and, you know, situations. I remember when Dylan was um, in kindergarten, we had a principal, she's amazing, um, Margaret Sanders, and mm -hmm. she knew that she, that she was, um, they were getting their first wave of um, um, special ed class, and it was autism specific at the school. And she took it upon herself to want to get educated and educate all of her teachers and staff and the students. So she created this whole, um, you know, she had everything, uh, you know, a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> she had literature, all this stuff. And she um, had this big program and they kind of highlighted the kids, but they didn't like point out like, you know, names or it's this kid, but I remember it was such an amazing thing. And I know they were young, but you know, bullying starts young and it's usually taught. And after that, it was like, Dylan was like mayor of campus. It was like, we couldn't like walk up to the school without people coming up and, you know, trying to say hi and stuff. And I think, you know, what you're talking about with your school, like, and I know it's gotten better and better. And Beth, you know this from all of our work um, together. Um, I just think, you know, the more things that we can have like that. And I love the idea of the mediation Me with the peers. Like, I just, man, it, I'm sure that just made a, such a positive, like, turnaround impact for you, Thomas. Well, my husband works for the same school district that Tom uh, attended and he that's why he got into this work was because of Thomas mm -hmm. and when he applied for the job and we had known them with all the IEPs we had done they snapped him up he's mm -hmm. been there for like 17 18 years now <laughs> and they still do for the older for the junior high they still do the peer mediation things nice. and they and they have regular assemblies and regular uh uh, teachers meetings and aides meetings about about bullying and looking out for it so he's always he's always on the lookout for it with his students and unfortunately it still does happen but it's it is happening less because they're making the staff aware of how how it can start how innocent it can start and turns into something big that's awesome. Jen, I remember Dylan being the mayor at that point. Margaret Sanders is a champion. Yes. And she made all those the special ed kids important. And, and frankly, Dylan has had that experience all through um, where people really champion. And Thomas, the bullying eventually stopped, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, then what then did you start? Were you, did you feel like you were making friends and, and more accepted at that point? Progressively, yeah. Okay. Yeah, pro progressively. Great. Um, Thomas, if, if you could give advice to um, kids and parents listening to our podcast about bullying, what advice would you give them? Uh, I'd say uh, don't let uh, 
bad advice get into your head because it's just going to lead you down the wrong path and it is it is definitely not not something that that you really want to uh that you really want to experience because um it was just bring up bad memories and uh, a lot of sleepless nights and that's not what uh that's not what anybody anybody really really needs that's great advice <clears throat> beth what advice would you give parents i would give parents the advice to keep in touch with your with the school staff and if you notice any subtle changes in your in your kiddos when they come home because tom once i met with the vice principal i kind of noticed he would come home and he was just kind of not real sad or depressed but just not his usual joyful happy self mm -hmm. so um so sorry I'm getting a notice here um so you don't you don't want to you want to uh, keep it keep an eye with the staff and keep in touch with them great did you have to do anything in your ieps um because I know, for example, lunchtime and unstructured time is the when this, you know, bullying typically happens at, um, for anyone. Were there any IEP modifications or goals or things that you put into I place? I think it might have. I think we did. I think we yeah. we met, we put something in there. Right. I think we put something in there about that. Um, Thomas, did you have anyone uh, watching? while you were at lunch to make sure you weren't being bullied or was it, were you able to sort of comment and advocate for yourself that you were being bullied? Um, hmm. uh, I really can't remember. Um, Mom, was it one of my advocates when I was in high school? Uh, oh, you, he had an advocate teacher in high school. That kept an eye on things so yeah great great i think it might i think it might have been might have been might have been him yeah 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 and and beth was that built into your iep yes yes it was he had the same advocate teacher all four years great and they were just someone that was looking out for you thomas and you yes could go too yeah it was yeah yeah great. That's that was very in, cool. in the iep those are great tips so what i'm hearing and to sort of summarize is sounds like initially when you were younger you were a little bit of a bully yourself due to the inability to express yourself but once you learned to be able to do that things went well but then you got um, bullied and teased in middle school junior high for some of your interests and things that you liked and then um, once the school did an assembly and did some education and you had a teacher looking out for you that that got better and the peer mediation was really helpful did I summarize that fair? Yeah. <laughs> and then Beth, having it, being close in touch with your school, mm -hmm. having that advocate teacher looking out for him mm -hmm. seemed to be a really nice solution. Yeah, that was in high school that they had that. And, and I mentioned it to some other um, people in the district. Uh-oh. Tom, um, I'm... Uh-oh. Okay, so so I was talking to another parent in the district that, that had a student at another school, and 
I mentioned Tom's advocate teacher and they said, what's that? That's awesome. <laughs> so no, I guess I mean, maybe Santana was the only one that had them. I don't know, but. I mean, even to this day, I haven't heard of that specifically. I think it's interesting though, because I'm starting, Dylan's starting the, he's going to age out. So we're starting that adult right. program, but one of the, there's different categories and the, one of the first huge categories is self-advocacy, but yeah. then there's never been to my knowledge I've never seen anywhere like an advocacy teacher or unless it's specifically written as part of the IEP you know so that's great I mean talk about bonus right and now that makes sense with you because that has been always your main thing is yeah. advocacy for oh yeah so and now I'm <laughs> yeah and now Tom and Tom is very good at advocating for himself and, and his advocate teacher, we, we got so friendly and he, he would give us heads up on anything. Cause there was a couple incidents. There's one in high school. I remember where some kids, they, they did something with Tom, like poured a bunch of water on his head or something like that. They thought it was this big practical joke while well, the teacher kind of went off on them. And so mm -hmm. they ended up, I remember that, but he, he called me right away about that. I had forgotten about that till just now. <laughs> Advocate teacher is great concept. You're once again, that's you, you and your family trailblazing. Yeah. Um, for that. And I know, um, I know Tom, you're also, because I've known you so long, um, you're not only a great self-advocate, but you're a really good friend and peer. And I know that you advocate, advocate for others and especially your teammates and yeah. special Olympics. So I feel like you are become now a little a mentor to others. Yes. Great point. Well, yeah. Thomas, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I learned, gosh, I learned a bunch of things from this. So <laughs> Me too. yeah, families, you're always teaching us, you guys. So families and, yeah. and frankly, ABA therapists, we're the ones in the schools mm -hmm. and at, you know, and going to IEPs and I hope they're listening and, and get advocate teachers. Cause that's a new concept to mm -hmm. me. So yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to share that story with us. Mm -hmm.